0: welcome in to the bsn nuggets podcast
2: joined by a special guest mason plumwell i thought he was gonna knock that ref out in la (laughs) coaches will get testy with officials but to run out onto the court and cut him off i've never seen that before
3: you should have taken a charge on him
2: Welcome to the BSN Nuggets podcast. We are presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online. MyGreenSolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use promo code BSN20, BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. What's going on, guys? Thursday edition of the program. Harrison Wind and Christian Clark here. Tough one for the Nuggets this evening. We're recording this post game after the Nuggets fall 112-85. to Another game where Denver fails to score 100 points in Houston this evening. Where should we start on this one? What sticks out to you the most after this loss?
3: Well, I've got a take. Are you ready for this? James Harden should be in jail. Okay, explain. Well, it's not for flopping, although that is a little bit maddening at times. It's for that terrible nosebleed celebration that he does. Harden Harden had that bucket uh, right before halftime, and he acts like he's got a bloody nose. Who thinks that's a good celebration? How is that still a thing? I mean, he should have to do six months with some parole afterwards because of that.
2: Yeah, at least some community service or something.
3: Yeah, I mean, the Lopez brothers, they need to fly to Houston and charge an obscene rate to teach James Harden some good celebrations.
2: It's bad. It's really bad. Like, Just think of the three-point celebrations that are the most used in the league. I mean the Westbrooks, like mellows three to the dome, the blue arrow. This one is so bad. It's painful to watch. Like how many yes men do you have to have around you to keep that thing going?
3: And if you're in the crowd for the first time watching the Rockets or James Harden, if you're just a casual, you should be able to understand intuitively what's a celebration and what's not. <laughs> yeah. Like I've had to see this a couple times to realize, oh yes, he's actually celebrating here. Like whatever you do, I mean, it can be weird. It can be off the wall. I actually enjoy Westbrook rocking the baby. People have to understand you're celebrating something. That's a good point. They might think he's actually injured if they've never watched James
2: Harden play before. That's what I thought the first time. Yeah. Well, he had a couple of those tonight. One, he went on for like five, six, seven seconds with that nosebleed celebration. Uh, Two of his 38 points on the evening. Harden's final line, 10 of 22. 5 of 11 from the field, 13 of 14 from the charity stripe. 6 rebounds, 6 assists. Probably the best player on the floor this evening. Felt like Denver held him in check in the first quarter, but he kind of got rolling after that. I was really watching closely in this game how the Nuggets were going to defend James Harden. They shaded him on his left side a lot. They really made him go right, made him use his right hand, which he's clearly not as comfortable driving with. It's the same defensive strategy that the Milwaukee Bucks have used to stop James Harden as recently as earlier this week. It seems like it's a strategy more and more teams are going to, and you know the NBA is a copycat league, so no surprise that the Nuggets are using that strategy as well. Denver was holding Harden to something like 27 points per game in their first three matchups this season, the third fewest points per game that uh, he scored against a team this year, but he went off tonight. So they made him go right they made him attack with his right hand. Like I said, he's clearly not as comfortable going that direction. Tried to take away the lobs at the rim, uh, but no, they just weren't able to play defense at the level they needed to uh, tonight for the most part. And we'll get into the offense and whatnot. Just what did you think of how Denver uh, defended him and kind of shading him on his left side and forcing him to use that right hand?
3: Yeah, I thought that was interesting. The the Milwaukee Bucks special Denver tried. I mean, they've tried to Almost everything to defend James Harden. They've thrown so many different looks at him, which is what you have to do against great players. I thought it worked out really great in the first half, and and then you know the bench unit came in and let Houston get rolling there, and it was really over for for Denver after that. But I thought it worked out pretty good at, at the beginning, to be honest with you. And you know, if I was Michael Malone, if you saw Houston again in the playoffs, they're done playing in the regular season. I would probably try to go back to that yeah. to be honest. I I actually thought it worked pretty well, but there was just a couple of miscues in the second quarter and that kind of allowed him to get going and and once you let Harden, you know, string together two or three makes in a row, it doesn't really matter what you're going to do. You can't you can't let him get in a rhythm like that. Definitely. Yeah, he's one of the guys who when he
2: gets hot, no, oh, it's over. It's pretty much over for the defense. I want to stay on that first quarter, though. Denver outscores Houston 25-22 to over the first 12 minutes of this game. I was just really impressed, I thought specifically, with how Denver looked on the offensive end of the floor. I mean, they played really good defense, too. Houston missed a lot of shots in that first quarter, though. Denver just seemed to be playing with a great pace offensively. They were getting to their spots. They were executing. They were getting open looks. That really stopped after the first quarter. I mean, the Nuggets didn't shoot it terribly efficiently in that first quarter, but they're playing, playing with a great pace. They're playing with a great rhythm. That kind of dissipated as the game went on. I, I don't know. It just seemed like they were clicking in the first quarter. And then once that bench unit came in, things really switched.
3: Yeah, I mean everything turned when Nikola Jokic went to the bench there. I mean Jokic was was only a, a minus 1 in this game and That's crazy. You look at the final score and the Nuggets lost by 27 points. I mean the Nuggets got absolutely hammered when Nikola Jokic went to the bench in this game. It was a, a killer for them, but yeah, I mean you know, on one hand I, I kind of want to blame the bench unit because they kind of screwed everything up. Look, you're going to have off night. It just happens. But yeah. the starters were never really able to get that rhythm back either when they went in. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they are kind of at fault too. But yeah, it was they just didn't play with that, that same sense of purpose. You're right after that first quarter. The two key stats from
2: this one, well, there's a lot of key stats. The, the three-point shooting from both teams is pretty telling here. But You mentioned Nikola Jokic was a minus one in this game. I think that's pretty telling as well. You know, Denver lost by a huge margin. He was only a minus one. The other one, when James Harden went to the bench late in the first quarter until he came back midway through the second, the Nuggets were outscored 26 to nine. That can't happen when James Harden goes off the floor. Chris Paul was great in that stretch against the Nuggets bench, but Denver's second unit has got to be better, especially against the Rockets. I mean, you've got to really make Houston pay when Harden goes to the bench. Denver didn't do that late in the first, early in the second quarter,
3: and it cost them uncharacteristic from the bench because they had been so solid as of late. Yeah, and you think back to that win in Denver. I mean, Malik Beasley and Torrey Craig both went nuts in that game. Right. And in this game, they were pretty much non-existent. Uh, Malik Beasley played in this game. He was off the other night after having a son. Congrats to him, by the way but he just one of nine against Houston. Uh, Torrey Craig, 0 for 2. He was in there for just four minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, sometimes Torrey just just has these games where he just looks so bad on the offensive end. Um, I, I mean, it, it's few and far between, but he's just got to give you something on, on the offensive end. I mean, I know what he brings from a hustle and a defense standpoint, but you just need a little something, something. He, j- he just can't look out of place like he did tonight in this limited amount of time on the court. Yeah, he was on the court for four minutes. He was a minus 12.
2: He had that nice steel and bucket, though, uh, on the defensive end. I didn't really notice him like sticking out like a sore thumb on offense. Maybe I should have. Maybe I just wasn't paying good enough attention. But the entire bench unit just didn't have it, really aside from Monte Morris, who I thought was the standout guy from uh, that second unit. He went for 16 points on 5-9 shooting, four assists in 27 minutes. Really the only guy you can write home about on that second unit. So that's really where Denver's struggles started. When James Harden went to the bench in the final couple minutes of the first quarter, when Denver's second unit came onto the floor, and really over the next six or seven minutes, Denver struggled to defend. Uh, they struggled to score. And I kind of feel like that was the story of this game to be quite honest Denver gave up 112 points but the Nuggets just could not find their rhythm on the offensive end I want to get into that in a second first though let's hit a break real quick we'll be right back
0: Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years
1: ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have Preferred people to Piper and Piper to them.
0: From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs.
1: They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lot lighting. So really they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs.
0: If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303 646 or go to PiperElectric.com.
2: Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast. We are presented today by the Green Solution. Make sure to check those guys out, MyGreenSolution.com and get 20% off when you use the promo code BSN20. That's 20% off your entire purchase, MyGreenSolution.com. I teased this right before the break, but my big takeaway from this game is that Denver's offense is In this one and really over the last three games has just not been there. Really weird considering how well this team has been on the offensive end of the floor. whenever Nicole Jokic has been in the lineup and obviously the second unit has been really good all season. What do
3: you see in this game offensively? Well, like you hit on earlier, the Nuggets were passing, they're cutting, they're moving. Um, There's pace to what they were doing in the the first quarter and they didn't score a ton of points. They, They only had 25, but it was good process. And after that, I don't I don't think it, it was as good a process. And anytime the nuggets are, are struggling to score the basketball for you know a stretch of games, it is really weird because it, it, it hasn't happened very often these last three seasons. I mean that's really been the one constant since they rejiggered things around Nicole Jokic. They're just going to score the basketball efficiently. Well, you look at that Minnesota game on March 12th, Denver hung 133 points on them. That was really the last time you know they put up some eye popping numbers. In the eight games since, they're averaging 106 points per 100 possessions. That that's 22nd in the NBA. You know, I think some of this malaise has to do with the fact that Denver's clinched a playoff spot. Like they've gotten a little bit content. We're kind of in the dog days of the schedule. Like I'm sure a lot of the guys, if you and the privately would tell you, they're just ready for the playoffs. But definitely. Still, I mean, for for them to to struggle like this over an eight game stretch, it is just weird.
2: Yeah, let's look at these last three games here. Going back to that. Pacers lost, the blowout loss, the win at home against Detroit, and then this game tonight. Denver scored 88 points against the Pacers. They shot 35.5% from the field, 7 of 29 from 3. That's 24%. Then at home against the Pistons, Denver wins. They only scored 95 points, though. Shoot 42.5% from the field, 26% from 3. And then tonight, 85 points 37% from the field, 4 of 24 from distance. I went back and looked at the schedule before we started recording here. It's the first time all season that Denver has failed to score 100 points in three straight games. And if you just tally up all the offensive numbers over these three games, you could probably guess it when I was just rattling off those figures right there. It's not pretty. Nuggets are shooting 38% from the field over these last three games, 18 of 80 from three point range. That's just crazy right there. And of course, in two of those games, this loss to Houston tonight and uh, the loss to the Pacers, they couldn't even crack 90 points. So the offensive struggles right now, arguably the worst they've experienced all season. Now, a game against the Thunder, who knows how that's going to go. A home game against the Wizards, you would think that would at the very least turn the offensive struggles back in the opposite direction. Uh, But Denver's in it right now, uh, struggling on the offensive end of the four. It's weird
3: to see. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you're just going to miss shots. Malik Bizu is 0 for 7 from 3 in this game. I mean, he's a guy who's shooting 42, 43% going into this one. So that that's just not going to happen that often. Uh, Trailhouse, by the way, came on, got a little garbage time, Over for 3 from 3. Um, Someone, I hope Trailhouse just wipes the memory of this year from his brain after the year is over. But you're just gonna miss shots sometimes. Um, I'm not. I'm not worried, to, to be honest with you. Like, I'm. I'm not gonna be hitting the panic button, and unless they like lose the Washington game or, or look terrible in that, you can't be worried about
2: this team's offense right now. You just can't. With what they've done this season, with how they've looked for three years around Nicole Yokos, because you can't get worried right now about how this team is executing on offense. It'll come around. And I agree with some of the things you said earlier. There's probably a little complacency that set in after clinching that playoff berth. And there shouldn't be because while some of that may set in naturally, Denver's still got a ton to play for here. They've, they'll have they clinch home court advantage eventually, but you know, they still want to potentially get the two seed in the Western Conference. If I'm the Nuggets, that's a big priority of mine to get home court advantage at least through the second round of the playoffs. I would really want that if I'm Mike Malone and, and this roster. Um, but yeah, you just can't Panic! You can't let yourselves panic if you're the Nuggets or if you're listening to this podcast. They've been too good on offense for too long to just look at a three-game sample size and say they're in trouble. Also, Houston played great defensively tonight, I thought. I thought this was a really good performance from the Rockets, kind of reminiscent of how the Jazz played the Nuggets going back a couple weeks in that uh, home loss Denver had to Utah.
3: Yeah, I mean, Houston played a great game, and they had players doing it up and down the roster. Michael Malone singled out Austin Rivers as a guy who really Man. hurt Denver in this game, and he did. I mean, it's, it's never pleasant when you're getting cooked by Austin Rivers. Uh, he had, There's not many worse feelings in the NBA than getting cooked by Austin Rivers, I can tell you that. Yeah, I mean, Austin Rivers is kind of like Jamal Murray if he was like 50% less good and 50% more confident. Okay,
2: I'm calculating that in my head. Okay, I think I get it. I'd yeah. say they're a little closer on the confidence factor than
3: that, but I think I think you're right on the skill factor. Yeah. Um, so I guess hats off to him and and just zooming out a little bit. I mean, look, we, the Nuggets' struggles against the Rockets the last couple of years has been well documented. They're they're one in ten against Houston over the last three seasons. It's just a terrible matchup for them. I mean, the only one game they've won. Denver shot the hell out of the basketball, mm-hmm. and Clint Capella didn't play in that game either. And Clint Capella is such a Nuggets killer. I mean, look at his numbers against Denver this year. They're crazy. He's 17-8 for 13. So it's, it's just a, a terrible matchup for Denver. I mean, the worst matchup in the NBA, in my opinion. It's
2: been the code the Nuggets haven't been able to crack this season, last season, the year before with this current iteration of this team. I can't say I didn't expect this. I thought Denver could put up a fight because like we talked about on Wednesday show, this was the first meeting against the Rockets this season that Denver was going to be fully healthy for. Uh, the, really their first meeting with this kind of trimmed down rotation that they'd be facing Houston with. And that did keep Denver close for a quarter. Look, they played great in the first quarter. That was probably one of the better quarters they played against the Rockets all season and then kind of the old ways, old habits began to arise. And over the second, third, and fourth quarters, this looked like most of the Rockets and Nuggets matchups have over the last couple of seasons. I mean, how do you approach this now? I guess the good thing for the Nuggets and Mike and Malone is they don't have to worry about playing the Rockets again in the regular season. Come playoff time, if these two teams match up, do you stick with the same game plan? Is there anything else you can do? I mean, I feel like Denver had a good game plan going into this thing. Shade Harden on one side, try to take away the lob, but felt like things just snowballed eventually.
3: Well, here's how you approach this. Uh, you go balls to the wall, get the number one seed, or you do a rain dance and hope the the Rockets fall to the four seats. Right. So you don't have to <laughs> see them until the Western Conference Finals uh, if you're able to win a couple of series. Um, in all seriousness, I, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. Yeah, I don't, I don't think really there, there's any way, barring injury, that the Nuggets are going to be able to beat Houston this year in, in a seven-game series. I mean, they're just such a, a tough matchup in the spread pick and roll for them. I mean, I, I, I just don't see any way it happens. I
2: do think the way Denver beats Houston, and this was how the Nuggets beat the Rockets in that matchup in Denver a couple months back, you've just got to outscore them. I just don't think the Nuggets have the personnel to stop Houston consistently for four quarters. If the Nuggets are going to beat them, they're going to have to outscore them, which they've already done once this season. And hey, you're not going to outscore the Rockets by shooting 424 from three. So that's what I think the formula is for beating Houston. And for the Nuggets' sake, they're hoping they don't meet them uh, in the playoffs here. All right, we've got some final thoughts on this one. Let's hit a break, though, real quick. We'll be right back.
0: Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out elixinol.com.
2: And we're back here on the BSN Nuggets podcast, Thursday edition of the program. We're presented today, of course, by The Green Solution. Make sure to check those guys out, mygreensolution.com. You can reserve your products online, pick them up at your local TGS Express checkout. Use promo code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Also want to remind you guys, if you have a question for the show, hit up the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394. That's the number to call if you've never called in before. All it is is an answering machine, so just leave your name, leave where you're calling from, leave a question for us, or maybe a take about the nuggets, take about how bad James Harden's nosebleed celebration is. 1-800-BSN-8394. 941800bsn8394. Here's a question I got a lot on Twitter tonight and really a question I've gotten a lot anytime the Nuggets and the Rockets have played one another. Are the Nuggets mentally psyched out when playing the Rockets? Do they know in the back of their mind that really they can't beat these guys unless they just play a perfect game?
3: Yeah, I don't think it's it's that bad. I probably was a little too doom and gloom in our, our last segment there. I mean, it would really shock me if you know, they played Houston in the playoffs and got by them. It would be shocking, but it's not impossible. I mean, uh, some of these games over the last three years have been close. They've been competitive. It's not like you know, everyone or even the majority have gone the way they did tonight. Um, there's no question that the Rockets have their number, but yeah, I mean, I think you're right that the Nuggets, they're just going to have to outscore them. Like, it's just going to be a flamethrower off if if they're going to have any chance. But you know what? The Nuggets can do flamethrower offs. Definitely.
2: We haven't seen one in the last three games. We haven't seen one in, in a bit, but they can when they're clicking. And I'm sure there will be a game over these next couple where they're scoring 120, 130 points for my money. It's going to be at home against the Wizards. I think that's the game where they get the offense back on track. Is that a good bet?
3: Oh, the Washington Wizards, that's uh, Isaiah Thomas's future team, right? That was just what we when we predict during predictions. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I think that was one of them that came up. I'm predicting the Charlotte Hornets next year. Okay. Yeah. So we have fringe Eastern Conference playoff team. I think we're yeah. both sticking by that.
2: I would like to see Isaiah go back to Boston though. Seems like where he should be playing. But to that question I posed to you, I agree. I don't think it's a mental thing with the Nuggets and the Rockets. I did at one point in the season, but I'm not on that side of the fence with that argument that I've been hearing from some fans getting at me and whatnot whenever the Nuggets and the Rockets play. Speaking to guys, they believe that they could beat the Rockets even before they beat Houston in that last matchup back in Denver a few months back. They believe they were close before, before they ultimately got over the hump. So I don't think it's ever been really a mental thing, if you will. Anyways, yeah, so to wrap this one up, the Nuggets fall. 112-85 to against the Rockets. The offensive issues were apparent for a third straight game. Denver just really couldn't hit from three. They're 18 of 80 from three-point range over their last three games. Just pretty unbelievable there, considering how good of an offensive team they've been for most of the season. Let's look ahead to this Thunder game. Denver's on a back-to-back. They're, what, 9-1 and on back-to-backs of the season? They've been great with no rest. Can they do it again? What's it going to take to beat the Thunder, who have been a bit up and down here over the last month or so, but you know it's always going to be a tough game?
3: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Paul Georgia is questionable for this game, obviously, that helps Denver's chances a lot. Um, Denver doesn't really have a lot of guys. They can just throw on a big, rangy, wings like that. So, you know, Paul George doesn't go. I really like Denver's chances, but beating OKC a fourth time in a row at their place in the second half of back-to-back, not going to be easy.
2: Yeah. If you think back to the last time the Nuggets and Thunder played, February 26th, around this time, 24 hours before that game, Will Barton was sending Michael Mullen a text message saying, give me the Paul George assignment. I wonder if he's sending that text message right now, or maybe he could just go up to him and tell him on the plane. Well, I mean,
3: Paul George is like, sounds like he's kind of injured. So, yeah, I, that's how I'd be doing. But like, I'll take go, Paul George. Might be a good
2: play. Yeah, <laughs> that might be a good play by Barton, actually, if, if George is ailing a bit. It will be a tough game for sure. I think it's one the Nuggets can get. They've already beaten the Thunder on the second night of a back-to-back this season in OKC. How about that? The two times the Nuggets are playing in Oklahoma City this season against the Thunder. Both are coming on no rest. Both are coming on the second nights of back-to-backs.
3: Interesting. Tory Craig really seems to have Russell Westbrook's number is Tory to Craig out.
2: in Russell Westbrook's head <laughs> no <laughs> I, I don't, don't think so I don't think so either
3: yeah, I don't think anybody is in Westbrook's head um definitely not Maybe definitely it, not. maybe the three point shot is in his head, but no actually probably not. He still takes like ten of them a game
2: i I don't think Tory Craig is quite in Westbrook's head, but I think Tory Craig will play more than four minutes in this one he was on the court in the first half against the Rockets when. Chris Paul and that second unit just reeled off that huge run against Denver's bench unit. Michael Malone went away from him in the second half. He went to Wancho. We had a Wancho sighting out there. I assume Denver was just looking to get another look, was trying to get some offensive firepower in the game, was trying to get some shooting. Unfortunately, uh, Wancho has not hit a three-pointer in in quite a bit, it seems. He hasn't really been able to supply that shooting lately. I thought you were going to say since numb. (laughs) Well, not quite since Nam, but um, since March 12th, he's missed his last seven.
3: Oh, coincidentally, the game uh, Denver hung 133 on the T-Wolves. Hey, when Wancho goes, the Nuggets go.
2: So yeah, I'd expect Tori to play a bit more against the Thunder. Check Russell Westbrook throughout. Nikola Jokic usually has his way with Steven Adams. It's probably going to come down to how badly Denver wants this one, I think. Like, I could see them packing it in and just wanting to get back to Denver. I could also see them coming out and wanting to prove something. They seem like they always play confidently against the Thunder. I am literally
3: starving. I am dying for a explosion. <laughs> You're pretty much on a hunger strike right now. <laughs> I weigh 83 pounds right now. Yeah, don't tie
2: yourself to Wancho. Aaron Gomez's three-point shot. Yeah, just apparently not a healthy habit. You know, I thought Jamal Murray actually had a pretty nice night tonight, all things considered. He was aggressive from the start. And this is probably the last thing I've got to say about this game, but when he's aggressive from the start, that usually bodes well. And as Denver played really well in that first quarter, Jamal Murray played really well too. He had seven points in that first quarter, three six from the field, no turnovers. It was a good start, but like the rest of his team, and he just couldn't really keep it up. So,
3: yeah, I put these numbers out there a couple weeks ago when I wrote the Murray is Denver's X factor, but. The Nuggets record when he shoots 50% or better is just killer. One of the few games this year, Murray's at 50% and Denver didn't get it done. Yeah. I'll also be watching to see if Malik Beasley can
2: find his range from three. He was on pace to set a all-time Nuggets record for true shooting percentage. Uh,
3: effective field goal percentage. Effective field
2: goal percentage. Always get those two confused. I don't think he's on pace anymore. Uh, Oh, of his last 10 from three-point range. Man, coming back down to earth a little bit. Yeah, so we'll see if he can get it going. But it should be an interesting matchup. Nuggets and Thunder Friday in Oklahoma City, second out of a back-to-back. We'll see how they do. If you guys got questions, 1-800-BSN-8394, 1-800-BSN-8394. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Talk to you then. Hey, BSN Denver listeners. We're really excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible. Make sure you check them out today. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, and has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural. It's also not psychoactive, and the coffee is rich and tasty. We could not recommend it anymore our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN 2019 at checkout to get your Strava Craft coffee for 20% off and shipped straight to your door.